everyone. Thank you for listening to The Death of VHS, the movie review podcast. Please remember that the language and topics might not be suitable in a typical work environment, as there might be strong language or triggering topics during the review of movies, ranging from a G rating to an R rating. Thanks again, and enjoy the show. We talk about holidays. It's easy to think about the big ones like Christmas, New Year's, Fourth of July, but the unsung hero of the American holidays has to be Thanksgiving. And in honor of that, we're going to be talking about one of the greatest Thanksgiving-themed movies ever made, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. This is The Death of VHS. Alright, welcome to The Death of VHS podcast reviewing every movie ever made in the golden era of cinema made on vhs one movie at a time i am richie and with me today are oni and jones hello everyone hey good morning everybody or afternoon wherever you are however you're listening right and so like i said today we're going to talk about planes trains and automobiles uh Classic film from 1987 starring Steve Martin and John Candy. Our second Steve Martin film. Pure coincidence. But I'm not mad about it. Why don't we just go ahead and jump into some of the uh, stats of this movie. Oni, you want to hook us up with that? Absolutely. So, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, its runtime is uh hour 33 minutes. It has been written and directed by John Hughes. Uh, very, very famous director and writer. Uh, its budget was $15 million back then, so about $39.2 million now. It released in November 29th of 1987. It is labeled as a comedy drama, box office. It's Honestly, it smashed it. Um, it made up basically half its budget first, uh, first opening weekend, so $7 million. $9,482 back then, which would be roughly $18.3 million now. And it grossed uh, $49.5, so $129.4 million nowadays, which is pretty great. It is rated R, which uh, we'll go into later. <laughs> uh, and yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty much it for stats. So yeah, planes, trains, and automobiles, uh, for those who haven't seen it, is about a uh, Chicago advertising man just trying to make it home to see his family for Thanksgiving. And you would think that'd be a fairly straightforward process. But as we see through the movie, it's anything but. He meets Del Griffith, a uh, shower curtain ring salesperson, who, uh, despite being just as lovable and as kind as he could be, isn't exactly the best traveling partner. And hijinks ensue as they end up teaming up, trying to get home to Chicago. And for everything they try, Dell just makes it harder and harder and harder. Obviously, uh, you know, we couldn't have a movie that doesn't feel good at the end of it. So they eventually make it home. And what they found is that true friendship was what they had all along, all along the way. Does that sound about right, everybody? Got yep. it right? 
Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, so what did you think of it, Jones? I mean, just overall. Uh, overall, I think it was really good. Um, John Candy, Steve Martin, team up. Uh, really good comedy. Had a lot of good heartfelt moments. A lot of good comedic moments. Um, definitely the script was carried by Steve and John. It's not John Hughes's best work, but it really does a good job of hitting a lot of like good heartfelt uh, moments and a lot of really good comedic moments. Overall, I enjoyed it quite a bit. There is a lot of, for me at least, frustrating times where, you know, Steve is a little too over the top. But I think, you know, I understand his frustrations in the movie, you know, Neil's frustrations. Dell can be a lot to handle, uh, but John Candy plays it perfectly. You know, he's still like a lovable kind of goof, uh, even though he just keeps messing things up unintentionally. Overall, I really had fun watching this one. It was really a, a good classic comedy. I hadn't seen it in about, I don't know, 25 years. So it was uh, it was really fun to get back and watch it again. And it really makes you miss John Candy being around. So for sure, I um, I, I did love it. I I just I had a blast with it. Yeah, I, I have to share the same sentiments. Um, I, ah, man, this made me miss John Candy so much. Um, yeah, as soon as I saw him on you know screen for the first time for this movie i'm like man i miss john candy he's such a treasure um but yeah i'm i can i can agree that it's not um john hughes's you know best film but uh, to be fair john hughes has literally probably half the 80s movies that are famous and a few of the '90s movies that are famous, so it's it's kind of hard to to even peg. I would say it's John Hughes' work, so it's pretty great. Um, the uh, the movie itself, overall, yeah. I I thought it was great. Um, it it shares a lot of different type of very relatable travel instances. You know, stuff like you know, no hotel after a plane is canceled, and and the whole whole um whole airport gets canceled due to weather uh people being you know super super early to the to the flights i mean that's my big thing i think the opening scene is very relatable i think anyone who hasn't been to the airport won't understand but the anxiety of you know making sure that you're at the airport to get to their flight you know, and um, the whole opening scene where he's trying to catch a cab to the airport so he can make his flight that he's basically going to be late for if he doesn't get a taxi now. Racing Kevin Bacon. That was pretty funny. Um, but, you know, I'm I'm usually at the airport three hours minimum. Like, and we have a very small airport where I live. It's it's tiny. Um, but it I'm there stupid early. <laughs> I hate flying. Um, just because of the anxiety it gives me, everything else about it, it's fine. Um, I do, do think that Steve Martin's a little over top in his, his, um, approach to this acting. Um, but 
I do agree that Dell is a frustrating companion. <laughs> uh, he plays the big lovable goof really well. It's a very oddball story, or oddball. Um, what's an odd couple story, right? It's your traditional play on the odd couple, where you have a straight-laced and uptight person paired with, with someone who's not as such, who just goes with the flow. Um, very, very told story, but this, this approach by John Hughes was really, really great. Uh, I enjoyed it overall start to finish. I saw some faces in there from my childhood as well. Uh, people like Matthew Lawrence, who plays, um, Steve Martin's son in it. Um, little Neil, that's Matthew Lawrence. He's featured in stuff like, uh, Boy Meets World as Sean's brother, Half brothers, stuff like that that I haven't seen actors like that in a long, long time. So uh, it definitely took me back. I thought it was a great film from start to finish. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was great. This is one of those movies for me. If it's on, I'm going to watch it. I mean, I'll never scroll past this movie. You know, if I'm flipping through channels or something, or you know, this one is just a. a when I say a classic, I mean, I, I mean it in every sense of the word for me. Um, you know, I felt like this one, as far as, you know, John Hughes goes, this wasn't, you know, I think typical fare for him. I mean, this isn't what you would normally expect from John Hughes. There's a lot more, you know, especially as we get to like the, the third act, there's a whole lot more emotion in it than I think, you know, we're used to seeing in his movies. Um, Especially, you know, as we get through the realization of <clears throat> Dell's wife, you know, and, and the fact that he hasn't been home in so long. And, you know, we realize that, you know, his wife's dead. You know, I, I think that's a little bit more heartfelt than I come to expect from John Hughes. But I thought it was a good departure from his usual formula. Um, but, yeah, this is, uh, you know, one of those movies you can't help but smile from start to finish. I mean... It's just the the slapstick, um, you know, just ridiculous situations that they get into. Um, it's it's just one of those feel good like I don't know how anybody could watch this and not like feel good about it. Um, yeah, enjoy themselves at the end. Yeah, exactly. Agreed. I mean, it's just such a great movie um, all along. So uh, just. Just an absolute, you know, great movie for me. Um, one thing that I, I felt about it as I rewatched it and, you know, watched it really kind of critically for the first time is, man, Neil is really a jerk. Like, for no reason. He's <laughs> a super jerk. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, every time I've watched it before, it's just kind of been like, oh, you know, he's just kind of stressed trying to get home, whatever. But, you know, as I watched it with that, kind of critical eye it's like no he he's just plain mean for no reason really you know he's he doesn't deserve <laughs> you know he doesn't deserve the nice things that Dell is trying to do you know and Dell, you know for all his faults is being as nice as he could possibly can be you know it doesn't he doesn't execute you know his gifts very well but he's trying he's making an effort to be a decent person and neil is just just playing mean for no reason so 
I thought that, you know, as I started to realize that, it really kind of changed the character for me and made me start to, you know, sympathize with Dale more than Neil. Whereas every time I watched it before, it was the exact opposite. I think that when it comes to his, I'm going to try to rationalize uh, Neil's <laughs> anger and aggression in this film. I'm pretty sure, and uh, you get it a lot when he's on the phone talking to his wife, <laughs> that he's been in this situation before where he has an angry spouse at home. And I don't know about you guys or have ever traveled when uh, you have an angry spouse at home waiting for you to come home and and having to deal with the kids and all that other fun stuff because it very this is the old traditional at least if i that's the way i view this movie it's old traditional relationship where the uh the husband is is the breadwinner um and the wife is a stay-at-home mom i have two kids of my own (laughs) and if the roles were reversed i would be angry with with neil every single time he travels uh (laughs) <laughs> so i don't i'm gonna try to justify neil's anger here he he uh he's been in this situation before and he knows that nice guys finish lasts when it comes with travel that's why he got beat up by kevin bacon <laughs> he just you gotta remember cardio 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 <laughs> if you're ever traveling because you got to get to that cab first that's right but no, I think he's an overall jerk. The whole, I mean, like yeah. he rants. There's this one rant where you, I've been in retail in a lot of different places. You just don't treat people poorly if they are doing you a service. Oh yeah. Welcome to Marathon. May I help you? Yes. How may I help you? You can start by wiping that fucking dumbass smile off your rosy fucking cheeks. Then you can give me a fucking automobile, a fucking Datsun, a fucking Toyota, a fucking Mustang, a fucking Buick, four fucking wheels and a seat. I really don't care for the way you're speaking to me. And I really don't care for the way your company left me in the middle of fucking nowhere with fucking keys to a fucking car that isn't fucking there. And I really didn't care to fucking walk down a fucking highway and across a fucking runway to get back here to have you smile at my fucking face. I want a fucking car right fucking now. May I see your rental agreement? I threw it away. Oh, boy. Oh, boy, what? You're fucked. That rental car F-bomb laden rant was something else, man. I totally forgot about that scene. That's why it's rated R, just for language. Yeah. Yeah. Just from that one scene. <laughs> that one scene. And it's funny because that actress, she's been in so much stuff since then. Yeah. Uh, she's one of those that are like sprinkled in as a as an extra on the side. And she's a really great actress. Mm-hmm. She does great work. Yeah. But yeah, that was... Uh, yeah, I just felt... I definitely sided, obviously, with the uh, the rental clerk. And I'm like... 
Yep. Do your worst, lady. Yeah. And let him have it, because <laughs> this is a long time coming right now. And he so gets how- his just just rewards by getting punched in the face. <laughs> oh, yeah. So how many, uh, just while we're talking about that scene, how many F-bombs do you reckon were in that? Any either of y'all know? Oh, I don't know the And if the we count amount. we count if we count the car rental lady, uh oh, man. how many I, there weren't there? I wish I had counted. Not as much as the Wolf of Wall Street, which definitely has like hundred and forty something, but I I wanna say I'm gonna take a stab because I didn't look it up at all and I don't know. Uh twenty two? Twenty two. Yeah. Jones, I, was, what you, what? I was gonna go with twenty, nice and even. So nineteen, if you count the lady, nineteen. Damn. When you figure this whole this whole scene lasted only about you know two or three minutes, <laughs> you know. Oh man! But, but good, you know that just good, good goes to show Neil's you know personal motivations. Like he is a mm-hmm. like yeah, yeah that you know I'd be mad too in that situation, but to just immediately take it out on this person who. She had nothing to do with it, you know. Yep, that's not okay. Yeah. You know, it's, it's that's not how you treat people, and yeah, and like you said, only dealt. You know, Neil kind of got what he deserved, you know, mm-hmm. from the uh, the guy at the taxi stand. Um, now, which I thought was a little gratuitous, you know, the the guy was happy that he almost got killed by <laughs> getting run over by a car, right? You know, but yeah, you know. But do you really feel bad for Neil about it? Nah, probably not. If I wanted a joke, I'd follow you into the john and watch you take a leak. Now, are you going to help me or are you going to stand there like a slab of meat with mittens? <laughs> nope. I think John Hughes... Uh... When he was writing it, he's like, "All right, he's gonna say all this stuff to this this person, but we have to make him pay for it." <laughs> right, right, exactly. He's like, "There's no way we could let him get away with this in this in this script, so we got to make him pay for it." Yeah, and boy, did he! <laughs> what uh, what would you say stood out to you the most about this movie? Uh, I think for me, uh, what stood out most is, um. Honestly, just the overall message that one, you just got to be kind to everybody, right? Um, your travel will be so much better if you were just nice to whoever you're traveling with, but also the people that you meet along the way that are assisting you in your travel. Be nice to everybody. I think that was the, the overall message. And um, because you don't know what other people go through, you don't know what their lives are, what has happened to them, what's going to happen to them. And, uh, n- you know, this isn't nice guys finish last. I know I said it earlier, uh, but that's the lesson that, that Neil learns overall, is that nice guys don't finish last. The The holidays are about family. That's uh, That's another, you know, overall arching thing here. But I think just the overall message that stuff's going to happen. It's out of your control. And if you cry and complain about it, you're being miserable twofold. Yeah, that's a that's a good that's a good message for sure. Um, I think for me, uh, one of the things that really stood out was, despite at the start, you know, Neil 
running late to the airport. You know, he's got to be there by six. He still makes his flight. You know, thinking about trying to do that today, there's no way you're going to leave that late and still make it through security and check in your bags and get to your gate at like that quickly. That's just not going to happen. So that definitely stood out to me. Like, there's no way that's happening today, like ever. Why are you going to the airport? What's the point of busting my ass to catch a six o'clock flight? Why don't you wait and go out with me on the eight? You're never going to get a cab at this hour. And then, yeah, like you said, another thing, like you just got to be like kind. Don't be a jerk. Things happen. You got to roll with it, which I think Dell says a couple times in the movie. You know, you just got to kind of roll with it. Go with the flow. So that definitely uh, is something that kind of stuck with me. Like, I mean, I, I wouldn't treat a car rental person like that to begin with. Um, but you just got to go with the flow with these things, you know, even though, you know, he kept having frustrating situation after situation, just things kept going wrong. You just got to deal with it, man. You you got to go with the flow, Neil. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I can't help but wonder, you know, like we established, Neil Neil's a jerk. But, you know, would these things have happened if he was just a little bit nicer to people? You know, um, I, I feel like a lot of it was, you know, he put himself in this situation because of the way he was treating mm-hmm. the people around him. Um, but as far as what stood out to me the most, it's, you know, like I said, watching it this time, I, I started to sympathize with Dale instead of Neil. But Dale, too, you know. He's a nice guy at his core, but that doesn't necessarily mean he's like a good person to be around. You know, I mean, he's a hustler like, well, yeah, that and like Neil, you know, Neil's just a flat out jerk, you know, and how he talks to people. But then Dale is also like, you know, very inconsiderate, you know, and the stuff he does like. You know, lugging this case around and just leaving it in the middle of the sidewalk, you know, in New York when Neil's yeah. tripping mm-hmm. it, trying to cross the street. <laughs> then, uh, you know, in the hotel, you know, using all the towels, leaving his underwear, yep. socks in the sink, you know, spilling beer yeah. in the bed. You John Candy's a big man, though. You know, right. just, he's going to need more towel real estate. <laughs> But, you know, just the, the you know, he may be a nice person, but he's very selfish in that he yep. doesn't consider anybody else, you know. Um, you know, smoking right there in bed, which, I mean, you know, definitely more acceptable in the 80s than yeah. it would be, <laughs> you know. But still, just, um, you know, just I think that's what stood out to me. Like, neither one of them is exactly a hero in the movie. And neither one of them is exactly a villain, you know, it's so I I think it's just a good um, illustration for, you know, just life in general. Like, you know, the quote unquote good guys aren't always all good, just like the quote unquote bad guys aren't always all bad. So, yeah, everybody has their problems. You know, Uh, I I like that, too, especially when you kind of think at the end, obviously, you know what John Candy's character goes through. I, uh, I don't have a home. I 
Marie's been dead for eight years. So, I mean, he's he's just him, and I bet nobody pays attention to him or, or deals with him. So his life is all about him anyway. So, yeah, that that definitely tracks. Nobody's perfect at all. For sure. Well, you know, but, you know, you can kind of see what I thought was cool. How, you know, how many people do like him, you know? The... Yeah. Taxi driver he got, the the mm-hmm. motel owner, you know, the truck driver, you know, he got all these people, you know, they, they really do like him. So, you know, he's obviously not just some horrible person, you know, but. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously, yeah, he's much better than than Neil Page, you know, Del Griffin over Neil Page any day. But I mean, that's just a very right. small comparison, though. Right. <laughs> Yeah. So what was your uh, what would you say would be your favorite part of the movie Jones? Unless you hated the movie, we haven't gotten into that yet. And then your, what would be your least favorite? Uh, part? No, I did not hate the movie. No, not at all. Favorite part? Oh boy, that's a that's a tough one. There's so many good scenes between the two. I I do like uh, the first night that they're at the hotel when it's kind of going back and forth between Neil and his wife. Like, they're kind of showing his wife she fell asleep to the TV. I don't know if you guys caught it, but they started opening up flights again to Chicago. So that first night, had he stayed at the airport, he would have been home, you know, a day earlier. So I thought that was pretty funny. So that whole thing kind of could have been avoided mm-hmm. if he hadn't gone off with uh, Dell. So I thought that was pretty funny. But um, as far as favorite part of the movie... I want to say when they're both sitting on the chest after having just driven down the freeway going the wrong direction, they both look back and the car's just on fire. You know, Dell looks first. You kind of see his expression. (laughs) And then Neil looks and they just both kind of ignore it. And like the car's just burning in the background. I I was laughing my butt off at that part. I thought it was really, really a good moment. So, yeah, that's the one for me. Oh, what a night. Yeah, the standard, what else could go wrong, shtick, and then you turn around, and there's <laughs> that shock value that you're like, oh, the car's on fire. Oh, shit, the car's on fire. <laughs> Uh, that's so good <laughs> exactly. well executed for sure uh for me personally i think uh oh yeah uh, i have i have two favorite parts one is where where on the freeway uh dell is uh jamming out to doing the mess around which is a great song uh, that's how i drive <laughs> so him just like there groove into the song the whole time just being wild with it yeah that's that's how i drive when you know songs i like come on um but also when he's in what was kansas and uh they're getting a ride to the train and uh dale calls in a a friend and it's his friend's son who's for lack of a better word uh real redneck about it all yeah (laughs) <laughs> and uh, his his wife or his significant other like goes and helps him 
And they're like, no, we can do it. We can lift the trunk. It's heavy. And, and then the guy insists to have her do it and say that she's tough. It was like, first baby came out sideways. She didn't scream or nothing. She's short and skinny, but she's strong. Her first baby come out sideways. She didn't scream or nothing. As a person who lives in the Midwest, Great Plains area <laughs> of the United States, that was hilarious. Because that, that's the like type of realism that you can come across at any truck stop in the areas I live. Is just people going, nah, they got it. Don't worry about it. I mean, this is like farm country. Yeah, I mean, like a lot of corn around here. Like there's <laughs> there's some tough broads and tough people just just in this area. So that that had me in stitches. Saying first baby came out sideways. She didn't scream or nothing. Just rolling. Super funny. <laughs> yeah. What about uh what about you, Richie? <laughs> so I'm I'm kinda torn because I do have the uh I do have the sense of humor of a twelve year old. Um so I'm kinda torn between two scenes. That's why we're all friends, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kinda torn between two scenes that you know, when they wake up in the motel. <laughs> And, you know, they're spooning each other. And it's like, you know, where's your other hand? It's between two pillows. Those aren't pillows? Those aren't pillows. Like, oh, oh, how about, how about that game last night? Oh, yeah. You know. Why are you holding my hand? Where's your other hand? Between two pillows. Those aren't pillows? <laughs> but, um, but... Uh, so that one's that one's up there, but I think for me, single favorite part is when uh, <laughs> they're going the wrong way down the interstate, and you know they think the other guy's just some drunk, and then Neil realizes, you know, right at the last minute, <laughs> no, they're on the wrong side of the interstate. Put your window down. You want something? Uh, he's probably drunk. You're going the wrong way. What? You're going the wrong way! He says we're going the wrong way! Oh, he's drunk! How would he know where we're going? Yeah, how would he know? Thank you, thanks a lot. Terrific. Thank you! <laughs> what a moron. And they're going between the two, the two tractor trailers <laughs> and sparks are flying and then, you know, you see the skeletons first, and then Neil looks over at Dale, and Dale is just, you know, dressed as the devil, just laughing. <laughs> just laughing. It's That's such classic stitch. It's such, it's such a good part of the, you know, just that laugh and everything, you know, just John Candy really putting it on thick, and that has to be my favorite part, because I've, I've definitely considered some people that I've been stuck with in a vehicle to be the devil sometimes <laughs> and, uh, you know so i i definitely yeah. appreciated that that little so scene good. um i'm i'm surprised richie just just said that you know his wife is probably going to listen to this podcast no nah, she's not going to listen so it's okay <laughs> but, <laughs> so uh so had, had oh, i know yeah. jones you said you saw it like 25 years ago only had you ever seen this movie before uh, this is actually my second occurrence of okay. this film. Um, I watched it uh, 
probably about as long as uh, ago as Jones did. Um, so this is very fresh eyes. You know, as a kid, you don't really remember much. Um, I think them waking up really yeah. reminded me of um, uh, me, myself, and Irene uh, when 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 Jim Carrey's character oh, yeah. figures out that <laughs> it wasn't for her. Did you have fun? So I guess old hanky-panky wasn't enough for you, huh? It wasn't for me. <laughs> and, and he's like in the bathroom splashing himself. <laughs> so that, waking, that, that section waking up was, yeah. made me think of that. But also, uh, you know, the classic motel thing of the massage bed. Like I haven't seen one of those since I was a kid. <laughs> Or even like smoking indoors made me think of like the old oh, golden man. corrals where you had a smoking section and a mm-hmm. non-smoking section. Like it was, um, so yeah, I mean like this really brought me back to my, my kids, uh, childhood myself, you know, and, um, oh my gosh, my own childhood. I know how to use words, people, I promise. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> it's, you know, there I had a go. long <laughs> night above, I'm so sorry, um, but I mean, yeah. So looking at this with fresh adult eyes versus a kid's, um, a kid's perspective was definitely eye-opening. Um, and yeah, rated R makes sense. Uh, I also remember John Candy and you know stuff like Cool Runnings, Uncle Buck, mm. things like that. You know, other John Hughes oh, yeah. movies. Yep. Um, <laughs> you know, because John Hughes has written what fifty-three movies and he's only directed eight of those uh but uncle buck was one that he did and yeah um you know you get all the the standard ones that you think john hughes but and also when you say john hughes i just immediately think of dogma in the jay and silent bob diner scene (laughs) that that always cracks me up but um (laughs) yeah this was a this was definitely a flashback to what the world was before early 2000 to what the world is now it's a good comparative yeah. movie of uh different decades so does it hold up today so, you know i mean you haven't seen it in, in quite some time what do you think does it hold up yeah uh i i think it holds up but it's only because it also has already been redone um if you guys have ever seen the movie due date it's with robert downey jr zach galifianakis um mm-hmm. That movie, it's the yeah. exact same scenario, except instead of getting home in time for Thanksgiving dinner, it's getting home in time to see the birth of his first child. Right. Uh, but the whole movie's the exact same otherwise, you know? I mean, like, you got Zach's a little, and it, and it showcases what you think is a traditionally funny person. And how dramatic that person can be. One of my favorite movies with John, uh, with John uh, Zach Galifianakis is 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 called a. It's kind of a funny story, which is a very dramatic role for him. I'd definitely check it out. It's not a VHS movie, so we won't review it. But um, it, it that's what I like about movies like these, where you have that travel, the odd couple, because it will eventually showcase the 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 actual side of this person of the funnier comedic relief, but it it's a very challenging role for the actor himself or herself or themselves because 
you have to switch to what you what people pigeonhole you to do and surprise and shock everybody. And I think that's what John Candy really did with this role. Um in two different scenes. You got the first motel night or hotel night scene where he's like, you know, I like me. I like me. And that's okay. You think what you want about me. I'm not changing. I like I like me. My wife likes me. My customers like me. Because I'm the real article. What you see is what you get. Mm-hmm. And then you have him at the end. And that's what I really, really like about these movies. So absolutely it holds up uh, because of how they acted, the way they approached it, and the fact that it's a John Hughes movie. Nobody's going to hate too hard on a John Hughes movie. He's just a legendary director and writer. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I, I, I yeah, like I said, I, I watch this movie. Uh, I've probably watched this movie at least a couple times a year for many years. It's it definitely. I think it holds up, and I think because the you know, um, like you said earlier, it's kind of that odd couple formula. You know, it's that's always fun to see that conflict of. You know, one, you know, kind of straight man, one oaf, you know, just it's it's a classic formula for a reason. It's always it always works. And, you know, there's really nothing in this movie. Problematic by today's standards, you know, I mean, it's, you know, the last Steve Martin movie we uh, reviewed, The Jerk, in our first episode was uh, (laughs) definitely um concerning for a few different reasons but you know this one doesn't really have anything like that this one's you know pretty tame comparatively and uh yeah i I think it's still just a great movie and you know due date i think is a great example of using this formula and being successful again so yeah i think this movie definitely holds up and and still is a, a strong film even by today's standards yeah yeah I would agree with both of you, and I think for a lot of the same reasons, but I think one of the things that really also helps elevate it is all of the little side characters um who are played by some pretty well known actors um at least from then to now um you know you have the the state trooper mm-hmm. uh, Michael McKean, and then you have the the two mm-hmm. hotel clerks and then Kevin Bacon at the beginning. So you have a lot of really good characters that kind of are on at every little step of this journey that kind of help elevate the movie. So I think that really helped a lot. So it definitely does hold up. It definitely can be made um, and has been, as as, as uh, Oni mentioned, with Due Date. And it just, you know, you need that, that lovable goofball. I could totally see, like, were this to be made, you know, today. I, I mean, God forbid they remade it. I would... I would definitely see someone like maybe Jack Black in the John Candy role. I don't know who would play Neil at this point, but I could it, it definitely holds up. Well, they are remaking are it. Are they really? Though. They're remaking it. Oh jeez. Yep. And um from what I can g- gather, it'll be Will Smith and um oh, God, his name's right there. <laughs> the short comedian. Oh my gosh. Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart. Yeah. Kevin Hart. <laughs> really? Well, 
It'll be them too, and I don't, I don't know how well that's gonna, yeah, play. I don't, I don't know. Given some stuff around Will at this time of, yeah. <laughs> of life, but I mean, putting that aside, even them too. I mean, Kevin Hart's really funny, but he only has really one, and it's why I personally love Kevin Hart because I'm as short as Kevin Hart <laughs> is, and he embraces his shortness, and that's what makes he him does. funny because he puts himself in these scenarios. Yeah. You know, uh, and he does it on purpose so he can get the laugh because it's as as short people. If you're a short person out there, I promise you, embrace. Man, height height is nothing. Uh, personality is the best and biggest thing that you can have. You know, you can be the tallest person in the world with the smallest personality. Uh, I think confidence is what is what defines you, what defines how tall you really are. So, for me, it's never been a thing of my height holding me back or. Feeling like I'm less of an individual because I'm not as tall as others. You know, my voice, my personality has always carried me above and beyond. So I think to anybody out there that would be struggling with any type of confidence from height, just because you stand next to the taller guy, doesn't mean that you can't have the heart and the mentality of the taller guy. That's all perspective that you have to adapt. If you have it, you'll be fine forever. If you don't have it, learn to get it. It's easy. Teach yourself to simply think that you're the best at whatever you do. That's my motto. Embrace the jokes. Yeah. Uh, cause it'll make not only your life better, you know, this is, this is going to be a speech I have to tell my own kids. My, my oldest is very much me. <laughs> so he's a little shorter than his brother already. Who's a year younger than him, but yeah, embrace your shortness. Cause, uh, it's a lot funnier. And if you, if you need to get joke, um, short people, especially, I mean, anybody, I guess, uh, when, when people tease you about your height, you just say that hugs are better at your level. <laughs> They there are. You go. <laughs> so that's that's funny. So uh, before we give it our scores, um, this is a certified fresh movie on Rotten Tomatoes with a ninety-two percent tomato meter. Very nice. Um, and an eighty-seven percent audience wow. score. So it uh, it's it's been reviewed fairly well. You know, people people like this movie. So um, as we uh, jump in. Let's give your final thoughts and your score. I think for a score, we're going to go with the American Light and Fixture Company Shower Rings. Shower Very Curtain nice. Rings. Very nice. So, uh, scale of five Shower Curtain Rings. What's, uh, what right. you giving it? So, James? my final thoughts here. Um, one thing I wanted to get out there. So, the movie's called Plane, Trains, and Automobiles, obviously. Or, I'm sorry, uh, Trains, Planes, and Automobiles. No, no, no. It is Plane, Trains, and Automobiles. Sorry. Um yeah, nope. I, I mix it yeah. up too many. <laughs> it's too many. But uh, yeah, so planes, trains, and automobiles. So we have the first leg of the journey is New York to Wichita when the plane gets redirected um, via plane. And then the train part from Wichita, they go to Jefferson City, Missouri. Uh, and then they're on a bus, which is the automobile part. And then the rental car and the 18-wheeler where they, they go to St. Louis and then finally to Chicago. So I I, uh, I was curious and I did some 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 research on what they traveled. So they covered a total of 2,057 miles approximately um, when flying and between the flying and the train and the bus uh, for a total travel time in a vehicle of about 15 hours, more or less. And obviously in the movie, it's over a couple days, but yeah, that's, that's a lot of travel. I wouldn't want to be stuck with Neil 
or Dell for that amount of time. So I, I just thought that was kind of funny. I had to look into that and see what they both went through. And it, it's a lot because had the flight gone directly to New York, um, from New York to Chicago, it would have been two and a half hour flight covering about 700 miles. And that's it. It would have been over <laughs> in less than three hours. Uh, so, <laughs> but yeah, my, my score. That mother nature. Yeah, man. exactly. You know, and I was just really, odd. I thought it was really odd that it diverted to Wichita from, you know, potentially landing in Chicago to all the way to Wichita. Yeah, it should have went yeah, to Yeah, exactly. Omaha. So that was interesting. But um, but anyway, I, I just, I had to do those numbers. I I wanted to know what they went through. But for me, this gets four shower rings out of five. Uh, it, it's a classic to me. I, I love it. It's funny. It, it I can watch it. Um, I haven't watched it in a long time, but it, it's definitely rewatchable. So yeah, four four shower rings out of five for it's me. Good one. Um, personally, for me, my final thoughts are just Steve Martin plays one hell of a jerk, man. Like he's really good at that role. Like I mean, from <laughs> the jerk, I know him. Like my first like really old film that he was in that I watched. The first one uh, of his was, um, in fact, and John Candy is also in that film too. Um, the movie adaptation of the play little shop of horrors john candy plays a uh a, a shock jock uh interviewing uh the character seymour about the plant and um steve martin plays the jerk boyfriend of the love interest and uh he's a dentist and he sings a great song probably setting dentistry back at least 20 years about how he loves being a dentist because he can torture people. I'm your dentist, and I get off on the pain I inflict. I thrill when I drill a bicuspid. It's well, though they tell me I'm maladjusted. With his dental tools. So he plays one hell of a jerk really well. Hats off to Steve Martin. He's very, very funny, and he always approaches his evil characters that way. Uh, but <laughs> good for him. Uh, I'd have to give it. Yeah, I think I think four out of five shower rings is 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 right in where it needs to be. It's right out of the ballpark. You know what I mean? Yep. <laughs> yeah. No, I I can get behind that. I mean, like I said, this is this movie. You know has just major rewatchability for me. I mean, I, I no matter how many times I watch this movie, I've, I'll never get tired of it. Um, you know, just, it, it's so comical throughout the whole thing. And then so heartfelt at the end, you know, and um, just, you know, we, we only see Neil's family for, you know, a couple minutes at the end and then, you know, very brief flashes throughout the movie, but just the emotion they have, you know, for somebody being, you know, Neil being home for Thanksgiving and then how welcoming they all are for Dell. You know, there's no, uh, there's no like, you know, you don't see like, who is this random guy you brought here? Who, you know, there's, it's just, all right, well, they welcome him in and, you know, it's just, it, it makes you feel good there at the end, too. So, um, I love this movie, and uh, I think I'm going to go four and a half shower curtain rings out of five. I'm going to give it four and a half. Nice. 
Because you have an extra one because of the plastic That's showering right. broke. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Love how he sold them as earrings. Yeah, I'm with the yeah, uh, yeah. American Light and Fixture Company Jewelry Division. How do you do, ma'am? My name is Del Griffith. I'm with the American Light and Fixture Company Jewelry Division. <laughs> but well, that's uh, planes, trains, and automobiles. Anybody have anything they want to finish off with? No, I'm. I think I've said my piece. Sabes, yeah, yeah. I think we got it covered. Well, uh, thank you to all the home viewers out there for listening or watching, and uh, we hope you have a happy Thanksgiving. And we'll see you next episode. The death of VHS is recorded and produced by John Walls. Dylan Bailey, Jamie Johnson, Abe Ponce, and me, Richie Stevens. Editing by Jamie Johnson. Make sure to follow us on Twitter, at DeathOfVHS, and come join us on our Discord to hang out uh, with us and other fans and to discuss the latest episode. You can find the link for our Discord in the show notes. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on The Death of VHS.